Washed up, boy. To the Washed Up Ladies and Gents, welcome back to the 14th episode of the Washed Up Boys. I'm KG. Yo, 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 it's your boy C Rose. Hey, welcome back, man. Bro, I miss y'all, man. I ain't gonna Hey, but before we get into the intro, uh, we have a special guest joining us this evening. Uh, shout out to our homie Benny. Uh, Benny identifies as non-binary, and our goal with this lifestyle and culture podcast series is to always continue learning and getting better at life. So we hit on a lot of different topics and issues and love bringing on smart people to chop it up with. Uh, so that's what's going down today. Um, I'm excited about this opportunity to learn uh, more about the T and the plus within the LGBTQ acronym. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a reminder, Pell and I, we don't have, you know, really any experience and not much knowledge about this topic. Uh, so please excuse us if we come off as ignorant or hesitant during the interview. Um, we just want to get it right. And everyone that knows us knows that you know, we're accepting of all people that are good people. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So we're glad to have you back this week, man. How was your week? Any man, news? I'm just glad to be back. Uh, I got a special announcement coming soon, y'all. I had a 911. Um, I definitely explained in a couple episodes, but I do have a uh, special announcement coming soon, man. So y'all stay tuned for that. Oh, man. Yeah, man. Cliffhanger. Get the people yeah, to come man. back. Of course, man. They just give it to you right off the back, man. Uh, all right. But, uh, but I, had, I had a 911, man. It was crazy. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where you got to take care of. And, um, yeah, man, I can't wait to let y'all already. know. My my podcast family knows. So. Uh, already. But uh, the week was, I'm glad it's the weekend, man. I ain't going to lie. Like, yeah, I've been waiting on this one. And we get an extra day. Yeah, yeah. Holiday. I didn't even know to the end of the week. So. Oh, you were super focused then. Oh, yeah, man. So I'm happy. Like, I'm real happy now because this was extra icing on the cake for me. Okay. So, uh, But it was, you know, it, it was definitely a first of the month kind of kind of week. Uh, but we here. We got through it. So can't complain. But what about you, man? And what did I miss, man? What's going on? Oh, man, the homie Rich came on last week. Uh, you know, he gave us some game. Uh, it was a good show, man. Um, quick. Uh, we know, like I said, we missed you. But uh, my week was it was chill, man. Uh, my mom is in town right now. So, you know, we got extra hands with Kennedy. So the wife uh-huh. and I have been able to, you know, focus on, you know, our, our jobs and, you know, our you know, extra extracurricular activities that we have going on. So, um, it's been it's been very pleasant, man. It's always good to see my mom, um, even though she doesn't care about me anymore since she has a granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, just it's been it's been real relaxed. Um, we're probably gonna just do the same this weekend. Just keep chilling, man. Just kind of hit a little reset. You know what I mean? Get ready for this next quarter and um, the holiday season. You know what I mean? Nothing wrong with that. Plus. It's always good to have that reset too, bro. Like when you think about it, got to, yeah. How, how often do we do that? To be, to be real, right, right, right. Yeah, it's always something popping up and going on, and you're just moving with the crowd. And next thing you know, I like, look, bro, we're already nine months into 2021. 
Bro, that is crazy. Insane, dude. It literally was just it literally just the beginning of the year. Right. It just feel like it was just 2020. I know with all this stuff going on. Yeah. It, like it was just the beginning of the year. Yeah. Like March. That's Here we feel. are. So Mavis, thank you, man. Um, you're a relaxed, chill guy, man. Not much gets under your skin, but you know, we all have something. So what is a yeah, what is a pet peeve of yours that you do but judge other people for? <laughs> that's that's funny and it make me cringe at the same time right but, tell on yourself alright bro so you riding down you know I'm in Florida so you riding down John Young you look down you pretty much empty so you gotta stop by the gas station right uh-huh. I pull in you know I'm going inside I look at the pump Three times before I go in, so that way I know the number, so I'm prepared. So when she say, "What's the number?" you know for your pump, yeah. I'm gonna say, "Pump five. Mm-hmm. bro. I can't stand when people come in and don't know they pump number, and you just got out the car to look at it. Oh, yeah. But I'm like, uh, I'm guilty because I do the same, bro. I will look at it three times and forget. Yeah, if I know your memory like I know your memory, <laughs> I already know you hella guilty of this, bro. Bro, and I'll be so mad at people, dog. Like, like, you ever gave somebody the stare when they walking back out the store? Like, <laughs> like here it is, go. Uh, so, but, you know, it it is one of those things where, like, you know, I, I do try to remember, but, bro, it's just something about it. I can't, I, I don't know. That's the only thing, like, when I, well, I ain't going to say the only thing. But yeah, but I say we probably had multiple, but. That's one of the I'll let you slide on one. <laughs> well, it's like, bro, like, like, how can you not know what pump you about to pump gas in, bro? <laughs> I know you got one for me, though. Yeah, man, so mine is uh, driving just at the speed limit in the left lane. If I get behind someone doing that, I'm getting like borderline road rage, like quick as hell. <laughs> Why? It's like, yo, bro, you holding up traffic. Now, if I'm doing the speed limit in the left lane and someone zooms by me on the right, I'm instantly mm-hmm. screaming like, where are the cops when you need them? Like, this idiot is going to kill someone. <laughs> I always thought the cell phone pisses me off, too. I feel like I'm the only person in the world who drives correctly while on the cell phone, but nobody else can do it. Bruh, hold on. <laughs> Let me get back to the left lane. That is hilarious, bro. It's so contradictional. Right, already. But I never knew that. That is funny. Yeah, that would get under my skin quick, man. Hey. Man, so uh, let's get into these news headlines, man. It's been a lot of kind of serious stuff going on. I know I normally say crazy, but it's been some real serious like It has, dog. Um, yeah, this one isn't a fun news headline to talk about. But uh, Hurricane Ida runs through the Gulf states, uh, specifically Louisiana and Mississippi, uh, taking lives, causing major damage. Um, you know, it's got to be hard continuing to justify living in New Orleans, man. I know it's a beautiful city, beautiful culture, but living in a city that's below sea level in this world of climate change ain't it, brother. Um, also, right. Hurricane Ida is causing flooding in the New Jersey, New York area. So, you know, peace to all affected, man. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, they got so good culture and good food. Mm-hmm. And it's like every time when something hit, it hit over there. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, some other states, you know, like Florida, you know, they are, 
they'll, they'll, they'll get it, but then, you know, they recover after some time. But it takes a while every single time. Like, right. every time. Yeah, it's a lot of money, too, that goes in, back to rebuilding the city, man. So Absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah, man, uh, peace yeah. to those people. I hope they get back on their feet. I did see, like, some a lot of electricity and power starting to come back on. So That's good. Yeah. The stuff I've been seeing, I've been seeing a lot of flooding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I like I said, I just made our way up to New York and New Jersey and flooded out those places. So and intense, man. Prayer yeah. storm, man, for sure. Yep, absolutely. Um, so I don't know if you heard about uh the six University of Kentucky football players and their issue, man. No, what happened? Yeah, man. So I just got aware of this news on Wednesday, but back in March, um, six black University of Kentucky football players got into a fight. Uh, with some frat bros at an off-campus party. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those players have now been charged with first-degree burglary. Uh, While there are two sides to the story, uh, the media is running with a story of frat bros. No surprise there. Mm -hmm. Um, And that story says the football players crashed the party and was asked to leave. Uh, The football players got pissed off and began fighting and trashing the place. Well, the Kentucky state legislator, Denny Butler, he met with the six players and their families, uh, plus some witnesses. And he actually came away, came away with the following story. Uh, two UK or University of Kentucky freshman football players were invited to the party. They decided to attend. Uh, shortly after arriving, an intoxicated female in the house stated, who let the N-words in? Uh, both players could hear racial slurs like get out N-words and threats like beat their asses um, from other rooms in the house. Uh, the threats and slurs became louder and more intense, concern for their safety. Um, a player called, you know, some other freshman football players, and then the uh, altercation went down on the property. Um, some people got hurt. Um, all six players pleaded not guilty to the charges and waived their right to a preliminary hearing, so the case will now go to a grand jury. A GoFundMe page called Defense Fund UFK Football Players um, has been set up as three of the players did not have attorneys. So sounds like a self-defense sort of deal to me, but we'll see what is proven in court. And um, just hoping that these brothers get a fair trial, but history is not on their side. Right, man. Wow, what a lot to take in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, you said this was in Kentucky, right? Yeah. Okay, so that that's kind of yeah. one self-explanatory thing. But wow, man, I just... You know, until everything's you know worked out in the mm. in the system, man, I really hope they, like you said, get a fair trial. Because, um, did you mention two don't have lawyers? Uh, three don't. The three do not. Um, like I said, the GoFundMe page that was set up looks like it was getting it was doing some numbers. So, like those guys could be taken care of. Wow. And yeah. that freshman, I mean, this 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 the first semester, right, man? It's like, man, what a start. A tough situation. Um. Another headline, man, the Texas law that will ban most abortions after six weeks was allowed by the Supreme Court this week. Could you imagine, though? Six Bro. weeks, man, that's all you have to make a decision. Most people don't even know they're pregnant. That's Bro. Six yeah. Like, why, like, where are they coming with this stuff? Like, who, who puts this stuff together is my question. <laughs> no, man, people that just hate women has to be. And that's a very sensitive uh, topic to begin with. It is. Yeah, you know, and, and and for to add that to it, yeah. um, and I can just imagine, man. Like, yeah. Word. Word. Yeah. 
Um, a few big time bands are on deck. TikTok is banning the milk crate challenge. Uh, any videos due to safety concerns and the Chinese government banned kids under 18 from playing online video games on school nights and will allow gaming for only one hour a day on weekends and public holidays. China is not playing around. Not at all, bro. They get these kids ready for the future. (laughs) Man, I, I even heard too in China that don't they go to school six days a week? Yeah, something like that. And I think they don't really have, I would have to research, but I don't think they have summers because it goes like year round. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, so, they tell us that when we're in public school just to make us feel bad. Yeah, that's what I got to feel. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, as a parent too, you know, you do want to instill those things in your kids, but you also want to be able to. You made the decision, not somebody else for you. you know yeah, I mean? yeah, exactly. Because that's the only thing that would bother me. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Um, last piece of news: Chloe Morazic of Illinois was arrested after allegedly using a fake COVID nineteen vaccine card to enter Hawaii and to avoid travel restrictions. How was she discovered? Well, she misspelled Moderna. She spelled it M A D E R N A. Wow. <laughs> if you got caught because of your own damn mistake. It gots to be more careful. Yeah. Like, like I said last week, man, people are going through like crazy hoops to avoid taking the vaccine and doing crazy things like taking pacement for animals that faking COVID-19 vaccine card. Like, you got to do all that, man. You might as well get a vaccine. Goodness. Bro, that is crazy. No, like, that is nuts. It's right crazy, now. bro. I'm sitting back here just like in amazement Wait, what you just said. Yeah, it's crazy. Because she misspelled a word. But, hey, I was going to ask you real quick. Have you seen the Cam Newton um, situation going on? Yeah, man. Um, still haven't been picked up yet. What bro, you think? You think it has to do it because he's vaccinated? Man, look. All right, I was gonna bring this to the table to you. So look, do you honestly think A is it because you know, like they say I guess I we be- should explain first. So Cam Newton was um recently cut by uh the New England Patriots in the NFL and um he was expected to be the starting quarterback this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but go ahead. So do you think is it A, Cam just quote-unquote washed up? Or B, I felt like, you know, he's in the uh, quarterback competition with um, the new rookie that just came in. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are saying that because he knew he wasn't going to play, he was going to say, you know what, just go ahead and cut me so it won't make me look as bad. Or So, like, what, what do you think? Is it more like Cam don't have it no more? Or this is just a way to get out and start fresh and ha- just have a new beginning. Yeah, I think a, I think a lot of that is true. Like, you know, multiple things can be true, right? So I think, A, um, if we looked at based on last year, Cam didn't look good towards the end of the year. He started off hot, but towards the end he looked bad. Right. So I think that has something to play with it. I think, two, Mac Jones, who's the rookie quarterback, and Cam Newton, it was close. Um, it's not like Cam just dusted him in the competition, I guess. Uh-huh. So with it being close, I think Bill Belichick, coach and GM of the Patriots, I think he was like, hey, one of these players is vaccinated, one of these players is not. Life as a 
vaccinated player in the NFL is a lot easier than life as an unvaccinated player. So I I think that has something to do with the decision. That makes sense though when you explain it like that. Yeah, because even yeah. you know I know you heard like Cam stepped away to go get a treatment done on himself, but uh-huh. it was outside of the NFL's space, and so he uh-huh. had to miss five days because of that. I saw that. Yeah, I did that. So it was some kind of yeah. He was he was confused by the rule, so he he was unaware, but. You know, if that's during the season, he's missing the game. And you know what? A lot of people, and I, th- I, I saw a headline where they're 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 cracking down more on players who aren't vaccinated and making them doing extra things and extra steps. And it's like, and I think feel like every sport gonna pretty much get to this where if you're not vaccinated, then they're gonna make you go through hoops, man, just to play or practice or you know whatever you do. Yeah, for sure. I think we'll even see it with, you know, regular nine to five jobs too. Um if yeah. they can't some of them just outright mandate you have a vaccine, some are just gonna make it hard where you're gonna say, you know, I'm gonna just get the vaccine. Like we discussed last week, uh Delta Airlines, they were adding another two hundred dollars per month on unvaccinated employees uh for their insurance um payment. And wow. so yeah, and so after they brought that rule in um, of course, vaccinations went like you know it skyrocketed. Do so. you think like do you think somebody would bring up that that's against the rights to, you know, someone's uh, personal rights? Like, you think that ever come up? Um, I think if you don't have like a religious or medical reasoning behind it, uh huh. I mean, I think these companies can kind of do what they want, especially now that Pfizer has been FDA approved. They have that in their back pocket, so it's not really much of an argument you're going to have, I don't think. It's going to be interesting, man. Yeah, it will be. Well, man, let's uh, take a quick break before we get into the deep dives. Be right back. All right. All right, and we're back. So uh, let's get into this culture talk, man. What you got for me this week? Yeah, bro. So I was uh, I saw this, this discussion, man, on mask that black men wear in the world to be safe in public spaces um you know people were saying you know this mask can differ from black man to black man uh-huh. so it's something that i guess i never thought about um, but i was confronted with until i saw this topic so i wanted to ask um do you have a mask and if so what does yours look like and why did you choose this particular mask um i would say for something like that Cause I don't mm-hmm. really like, I'm really like myself when I'm out mm-hmm. or about, mm-hmm. but it is one part where when I'm thinking about this question, I do find myself acting or masking, like you say, differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I'm out by myself and you know, I'm going to get a bite to eat or going to put gas in the car, you know, I'm always aware, but you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more relaxed, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm likely to maybe, um, you know, wave my hand or, you know, whatever the case is. But if I'm with my family, you know, my kids, uh, you know, wifey, I'm, it's like I'm on, not edge almost, but I'm like, I'm in a serious mode, bro. Like, I'm looking around, everybody's suspect to me. You may be getting too mm. close. Like, I, 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 I get real protective. Okay. When I'm out, I mean, by myself, I'm more relaxed. Like, and it's mm-hmm. weird because you would think it's, you know, other way around. But mm-hmm. um, when I'm with them, like, for instance, we went to a, um, 
place called Fun Spot, and it's more like a mini amusement park, I would say. Mm-hmm. And um, literally, bro, like I was just, I just felt like I was on edge, like I was, I was always looking around, you know. And everybody coming here, you know, to have fun, and you know, right, it's a family stuff. spot, right? <laughs> but I still found myself like looking at people, like, oh, like uh, I don't know, I don't know what you may do, you know what I mean? So. I I can't say it is a differential from when I'm by myself than, you know, when I'm with, you know, the family. So, yeah. But what about you, man? Because I know, yeah, I know. I don't know. Well, let me let me let me take a guess. I, I I don't know if you'll have a mask, man. You know, like I said, I I never thought about it until like I saw the discussion, and um, you know, I have to be honest, man. I do. Uh, I really? Do. I do. What? Um, yeah, my mask doesn't have much, if any, emotion at all. Um, you know, I, I don't think I come off as angry, but mm-hmm. my mask definitely demonstrates a serious guy um, that's just minding his own business and really doesn't want to be approached. Um, probably like a wrestling bitch face, for <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, Heck yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That. And, you know, to be honest, man, it works twofold for me. So, one, I think it disarms people. Um, especially non-black people, because they shouldn't see me as a threat since I'm not paying any attention nor nor acknowledging them. Um, and number two, since I'm an introvert, I get to avoid the dreaded small talk. Gotcha. You know, now, I do understand that my mask could be causing me to miss an opportunity to gain a friend or some kind of business relationship. But mm-hmm. the sense of protection that my mask gives me supersedes all of that. What what you say? No new friends. No new friends. <laughs> Can't do it. So I'm fine. Um, <laughs> but you know, and you know, I know, like that's probably it. Does sound a little sad, or you know, I don't know. No, but, but it just it's realistic, man. But um, you know, what's crazy. Mm-hmm. I think I was having a conversation with my coworkers uh, the other day, mm-hmm. and they were saying, um, you know. The older you get, the more pretty much everybody gets like that. Yeah. And they say typically when you hit, because it, it, it's a, uh, I have a coworker that's um, hasn't hit thirty yet, and we were just talking about how um, once you get to thirty, because you know they're close, mm-hmm. you're gonna start feeling like you know what I don't. It don't even matter. Like I don't care yeah. to talk to anybody else that I don't want to talk to. You know what word, I mean? Word. Um, Man, I ain't gonna lie. Like I find myself where, if you're not in my immediate circle, mm-hmm. then it's really not. I'm not gonna say I'm not talking to you, but it's not a priority. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. And I know, I especially. Oh, what you gonna say? No, no, I got it. It's like it's not like we're assholes about it, but like if you don't talk to me, like I take no offense. Like it's easy. Gotcha. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Then if somebody came and just gave you the the, the BS small talk and you like, you know, this yeah. doesn't even matter. It makes right. Sense. Like, man, you won't remember this in 20 minutes. Like, let's just keep it a bean. Relax, bro. You and Simone are the same way, dog. That is so <laughs> funny, dog. Because she know me, like, if and if I'm in a good mood, I ain't gonna lie, my mood has a lot to do with it, too. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I am a people's person, so, you know, I mm-hmm. will start strike up a conversation. Mm-hmm. But, um, but she's just like you, like, bro, she, if it really don't mean nothing, there's no reason to talk about it. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I get yeah. it. I definitely yeah. get it. Yeah, for sure, man. But, yeah, so I just saw that topic. It kind of struck me. Um, 
one mask that I saw that was pretty common was um, I saw some young black men saying that when they see um, other races, they tend to smile a lot more. That was a way that they thought would disarm people and um, would help them feel safer when they're out in public. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was interesting, also an interesting way. But yeah, so it was just a topic, man. But um, hang on, we, that, mm-hmm. that, that that's interesting because you know you never really notice that until you sit down and maybe ask somebody that question because yeah, it's such a subconscious thing, like right. Right. Like I've even seen a meme where they say uh when white when white ladies walk by black men they mm-hmm. they, they do that weird smile like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know you, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, yeah. like until you sit down and think about it, yeah. you're not gonna really like know you're doing it or you yeah. know somebody to ask you like, Hey bro, you know you got any masks that you do? You know, <laughs> actually I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I seen that same me you talking about. It's funny. Yeah, man, it, it, yeah. It's, it's like that weird fake half smile. Like, right, right. Uh, I'm getting uneasy, but I'm a smile basically. Uh huh. Yeah. So you know, we all probably do it, man. Just trying to make it to the next day. So I got it. Let's go ahead and slide to these Man Cave Chronicles, bro. Hey, get my cigar on my yak. I've been waiting on this all week. Man, this one be a little uncomfortable, man. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Might be Uh-oh. sweating through this shirt on this one. <laughs> a few weeks back, Amber Rose accused her partner, Alexander Edwards, of cheating on her with 12 women. Well, bro admitted to it and says he still loves her. So I got to ask. Can a man cheat on his partner and still claim to love him? Damn, dog. You gonna hit me with that right now? Right now? Crazy, bro. Golly. I mean, who? I think it depends on the person. Just to like, and I know that's gonna sound cliche, but <laughs> it's that, that, that is literally person on person. Now, for me, mm-hmm. If I'm yeah, if I'm doing that, bro, then I might as well be out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. that's just me personally. Like if I'm taking them steps, then it, like I'm not gonna, I'm I'm not gonna be in something and then be taking them steps. Like number one, that's too much energy. Don't worry, bro. <laughs> we I'm old now, bro. Like that's way too much energy to be doing all that. And number two, it's like you know, if you're at that point, man, like. I think we should all be enough grown up enough to just admit it and tell that person. Like in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I would physically do. Like if you asking me personally, mm-hmm. I would yeah, I, I just couldn't extract that the energy here plus that energy. Like that just doesn't make any sense to me. No, nah, you preaching now, brother. For real. In my brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well what about you, man? What you think? So I think it depends too, but I'll give some concrete examples. Um I I think if it's a one night stand and not a full out affair, then I mm-hmm. think a man could still love his his lady, mm-hmm. um, even if he's a chronic cheater, mm-hmm. because a man can have sex without a connection, mm-hmm. uh, without emotion, and mm-hmm. definitely without love. All right. Um, it can just be strictly sex, no strings attached. Uh, we see it happen all the time. Plenty of guys have been caught cheating, and when they get caught, they beg for forgiveness because they don't really want to lose their partner. It was kind of satisfying, a feeling that was temporary, or a lot of times it's the ego 
or sex drive that leads to cheating, um, and not a really a lack of love for their partner. Right. Um. Now, is it effed up? Absolutely. Um. It's definitely not the best way to profess your love to your partner, because right. um, you are disrespecting and embarrassing the hell out of them. But um, you, yeah, you definitely can still say that you you love them. You can't say it. I mean, and I I do like the point about the one night stand thing because I really didn't think about it that way. Because, mm-hmm. and you also said something too because I've actually I, I saw this recently where they did give these two examples where a man will have sex or cheat and you know it'd be meaningless, but when a woman does it, you know it's it's basically for emotion, affection, and everything else mm-hmm. is involved. For yeah, the I've most seen that. Part. Right, I, right, I, right. And I just seen yeah. that you know out somewhere, um, and you know it made me made me stop and scroll and think, uh, mm-hmm. and like. Dang, like that 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 does kind of make sense. Doesn't give it an excuse and it is messed up. No. But yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it was something to to think about where if you're looking at, you know, the 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 human uh woman and man, you know, those are the genetics that 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 are that are more uh dominant uh in a woman than a man, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like they're gonna physically connect and emotionally connect and Sometimes even spiritually connect where a man can just you, you already know, dog. Just bam, bam, yeah. bam, and keep going. So yeah, now, I don't want to get it twisted. Some women I who play like that too. <laughs> hey, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we right, play gangster like that too. Yeah, right. You definitely right. Yeah. It's a show called uh, In the Dark, and okay. it's pretty much a young lady like that. Where oh, was this the show you talking about? The blind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that girl was to the next level. Word, she was wild, but so you might be thinking about that when you said that. Yeah, well, I guess we go ahead and slide into this family business, man. This is family business. So we have a friend of the show, uh, Benny, who's coming on today. Uh, so I first want to say welcome to the show, and uh, thanks for coming on to hang out and educate us. We appreciate you, Benny. So Benny was assigned female at birth and now identifies as a non-binary, and uh, we're going to dig into their story and get better educated on this topic. Benny was kind and patient enough to join our podcast. Uh, like I said, even though my co-host and I both lack knowledge and experience on this subject, some mistakes and slips uh, will be made, but I promise that they won't come from a place of malice. Uh, Benny will also correct us as we go through the interview as a teaching tool. All right. Well, let's All get right, into man. it. Um, I'm excited. Let's get So, uh, you know, I guess we can start, like, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your upbringing, background, family, et cetera. Okay. Um, so I, I was actually born in Russia. Um, and so I lived in Russia in an orphanage um, until I was four and a half. And then I was adopted um, and came to the U.S. with my adoptive family. Um so we lived, when I was adopted, we lived, or they lived in the Virginia area um, near D.C. Uh, funny that you're from, you still live in D.C. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so we lived there. Um, we moved to Boulder, uh, Boulder, Colorado, when I was seven. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, my parents still live in Boulder. My brother lives um, about 30 minutes away from Boulder. What was high school like for you? Um, at what age did you start to kind of realize, okay, maybe I was assigned the incorrect gender? 
Growing up, like from kindergarten until I graduated high school, uh, my brother and I went to Waldorf schools. Mm-hmm. Waldorf schools are, they're private schools, um, kind of earthy and artsy. And it was cool. You know, I think it, I think it gave, I think it gave me a different lens um, to kind of view the world possibly than if I had just gone to public school. And again, like public school is wonderful. Um, nothing against public school whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so I went to Tara Performing Arts High School in Boulder, which is a tiny um, high school and it's also a Waldorf school. But mm-hmm. the difficulty I think for me specifically being in that high school was that for me, I started realizing something was off in high school. Um, and, and I guess why I say it was an issue is because that specific high school, one, there was no representation, partly just because it was so tiny. Um, there was no representation of anyone who was within the LGBT community. There was one person, um, and they were a teacher. Um, and so I did, you know, kind of connect with them on some level in regards to that. But I think that was a detriment to me because I... I didn't see it. And so in my senior year, though, I finally realized like, oh, yeah, um, there's something here. And so I came out to my parents and to like very few friends um, that I was gay at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so but I didn't tell like I did not tell people in the high school um, because I was really, you know, here's the thing, Kyle. It, I think a, a lot of people when they're coming out, they have a lot of reason depending on like who their family is or where they're living and you know just like a lot of external factors that really make it really really scary to come out in whatever you know way they're coming out right Right. and i think what's interesting for me is that i didn't really have that like i knew that my parents were going to be supportive i knew that my friends were supportive like i didn't have much reason to be super 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 fearful and i was really really scared to come um yeah i know it's really really interesting and you know i think my high school it wasn't the most accepting of the lgbt lgbt community but still like i wasn't in this place where I don't know. It's just interesting. I think I I think about that a lot, like kind of that I really brought my own fear with me. And I mean, I think, and a lot of people can relate to this, you know, like I definitely had internalized homophobia, internalized transphobia for a long time. And I had to, you know, I think sometimes even if there aren't external barriers or influences um, that are really leading us to be so scared and fearful, I think, we ourselves can be that barrier, right? Like we ourselves are the thing that we kind of have to to climb over to get to the other side. And I think for me, that's exactly what it was. Like I had to allow myself to move out of the way yeah. to start finding who I was in regards to my sexual orientation and gender identity. One, you know, kudos to your family and friends for being supportive and open, uh, especially during that time. Um, and two, to hear you say that you actually had internal homophobia and transphobia, like my my jaw's hitting the floor. I, I've never thought about that from that standpoint. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, if I can just kind of take a step back really quick. I know you say you had a, a teacher who, I guess at the time was part of the LGBTQ community. How did that conversation go? Um, how did you figure that out? 
I'm always kind of curious mm. about that. That's a great question. It's funny because I'm supposed to go on a hike with her uh, in like a month. And so I'm going to, oh. I'm totally going to ask her. Yeah, you know, I just <laughs> but, um... You kind of have <laughs> yeah, to do yeah, yeah. a little guessing there. <laughs> no, I, yeah, right. I was like, ooh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I can tell. No, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, they joke that, <laughs> they joke that like, you know, we all have like a gay, uh, gaydar. Yeah. So it, I'm sure it was like beeping heavily. But yeah. they also, my friends joke that like my gaydar is very broken. So I'm sure mine was <laughs> not beeping. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but no, I think okay. If I can remember, I'm trying to go back. So I think I met her. Gosh, I think it was a fresh or a, a ninth grader. Is that what you call them in high school? So yep. it must have been that, like, just through being friends, you know, she probably told me, mm. um, like, "Hey, I have a girlfriend." Mm. Um, and then it went from there. And then I like slowly kind of opened up to her and I will say so her being willing to tell me probably really really changed me and really you know was one of the first people in my life who I knew personally who was in the community and who you know probably brought something out of me that made it okay for me to start um you know being okay being openly out I want to be as out and open as I can so that if I can just help like one other person start being okay with themselves, then like, I feel like my work is done here, you know? And so like, yeah. And like huge credit, gosh, I'm going to have to thank her Mm -hmm. on my height, but you know, like huge credit to her for letting me into that part of her world. Um, Because it, I, yeah, I mean, it, it probably, and it did change my life. Um, so yeah, your your story too um, about you actually still being fearful, even though you knew you had that support. Um, it makes me sympathize with others in the LGBTQ community that have to have come out knowing they didn't have that support that you had. You were still afraid. I can imagine what they feel. You know, I know. No, yeah. I I know, Kyle. Yeah, it's, yeah, I know. Um, I, I truly can't imagine. Yeah, goodness. Um, so. This was a new part of the story for me. I actually didn't know you would, I guess, originally identified as gay uh, and lesbian. So you were, you were attracted to women. Um, could you first explain to us your journey on how you ultimately, ultimately uh, came to identify as non-binary? And before that, could you actually tell us what does, exactly does it mean to identify as non-binary? So I, I yeah. All very, very, very important questions. I think before I even start talking about my about myself, I really want to really kind of start by saying that my experience is really my experience, right? And I, I just want to make sure that like whoever is listening to this, whether they be cisgender, whether they identify, you know, under the trans spectrum, however they identify Like, I want to make it clear that I am highly aware how different my experience is than anyone else Great in the world. Um, yeah. Cause I, you know, I think, do I, do I hold a ton to a lot of other people going through this journey? Yes. 1000%. But I never want to make it seem like I am talking about like everyone's experience because it's it's 
just not true. And so anyway, so just wanted to put that out there. No, that's a great uh, point. It's not a monolithic. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah. So I, in high school, I realized, um, yeah, I'm gay. I, okay. So here's the thing, Kyle. I just don't, for some reason, I just don't really like the word lesbian. Oh, okay. uh, and it just has never, no. And it's, yeah. And I, I'm glad you brought it up. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think it's interesting kind of this whole idea of labels and really kind of figuring out which label fits you or not. You know, some yeah. people don't feel like any labels fit them and that's wonderful. Um, so I, I would say I identified for most of my life as gay, even when I've been going through kind of my gender identity side of it. But I would say now, I, I think I use the, the terms like gay and queer together kind of. Um, mm. So that's how I like, my sexual orientation is um quick sidetrack so quick sidetrack yeah. is so is queer is it considered more of a slur if someone who isn't uses it right it used okay. to be and to some degree i think yes um it's a slur it definitely used to be okay. um and it's interesting because i think that the community has actually taken it back and yeah. and and used it now as a positive thing okay um yeah. So, so yes, it used to be, it used to be absolutely a slur and now a ton of people in the community use it to identify themselves in some way. Gotcha. So um, the term non-binary, it, the overarching concept of it, idea, thought of it is that it's anyone or it's someone who doesn't feel like they identify, say, as like trans masculine, trans man, um, or it's someone who also maybe doesn't identify on, you know, the the feminine side. So like trans woman, trans feminine, it's more someone who is like somewhere in between or not at all. For me, I truly feel, I really just feel like myself. And I know that's like a- No, I get it. I get it. But I, <laughs> I think if I if I try to explain how I feel as non-binary, this is how I would say it. And this is like the most like rudimental way that I could say it is that I think more on the emotional kind of inner aspects of myself, um, like my feelings and my thoughts and my emotions. I would say I feel quote unquote more feminine. Um, and again, I don't even know like what the hell that means, but we're just going to say that. Yeah, and, then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then I feel more physically and how I present to the world, I feel much more masculine. Um, and so I, so for me, it's like, I, I think for me, while I feel just me, I also, I really feel like a mix of the two, of the two binaries, you know, like I really feel connected to very feminine aspects and also very connected to masculine aspects but it's interesting um i think for me i'm still like i am almost two years into kind of my medical side of my transition Mm. um and i still like don't know what i want i don't even know like i feel like i'm still very much on a journey of figuring out who i am and i think that was something when i was thinking about this podcast that I really wanted to highlight that like, Mm -hmm. even though I came out as non-binary and 
this is the identity that really, really fits who I am. It is still such a process and there is still so much unknown about it and that I'm, you know, figuring out day to day. And it was interesting. I was talking to some of my friends who are also, you know, in the community and they felt the same way, you know, that it's not this, oh, I'm non-binary. Oh, I'm trans. Okay. Like this is it. And I know everything, right? Like it is such, it sounds a very fluid situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really fluid. And I think, you know, that might be nice for people to know that it's something Mm -hmm. that like, a lot of people for years are still figuring out and coming into and, you know, things are changing. So backing up, I thought like, okay, I'm gay. Great. Cool. Everything's good. Um, I went to college and I started, I guess I, I was, you know, Kyle, I was like a total chicken shit and it really took me a long time to come out. Like (laughs) I, it took me until gosh, like the end of freshman year of college to finally be like, okay, I'm gay. Like, it's okay if people know. I was really, I was really, really stuck in regards Mm -hmm. to coming out, which is interesting. Um, I was just so, and I think it was interesting in college, a big reason that I was really, really scared to come out because I, you know, I went to the University of Illinois and so it was huge and it was more, you know, like there's all kinds of people and it was great. And I just had this fear. I was like, oh my God, if I come out, I'm going to lose all these new friends that I made which is complete bullshit and it was fine, right? But anyway, um, so I came out more publicly, I guess, um, at the end of freshman year. And then it was it, it was my freshman year that I met um, my, my spouse. We're currently in, in the works of getting separated, but um, we, yeah. Um, but anyway, so we met, and at the time, um, he identified um, as a female. Um, so we got into a relationship at the end of um, our freshman year, and we met our first day of college, Kyle. Ugh, it was so sweet. No time um, wasted. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but here's the thing, Kyle. It was my first relationship ever. Oh, wow. Um, I know, I know. And and I think, you know, that I think it was really scary because it wasn't his first relationship, okay. um, but it was mine. It was my first, like any relationship, you know, mm-hmm. same sex, you know, heterosexual, like there was, there was nothing um, before him. And so I was really, I really, 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 really liked him. And it, I mean, it took all the freshman year for me to overcome my own crap and decide it was okay to be with him. Um, And so, yeah. And I think, you know, that, and again, I think that was an example of, I was just letting myself get in the way of myself and I had to figure out and be okay with stepping aside and being okay with acknowledging and like really like leaning into who I really, really liked. We dated all through college. Um, and I was, you know, at the time we both identified as cisgender women. Um, and so we were in a same sex relationship at the time. Um, and then, so we graduated college, um, in 2012 and then, um, we got married then, um, a few years into our marriage, um, Andrew, um, 
he started kind of realizing and in his own way and journey, um, realizing that he actually identified um, as a trans man. And it was, um, it was really interesting, you know, so we've, we've been together for so long, right? I don't know, six years, married a couple of years. Um, and anyway, it was really interesting kind of being the spouse and watching him come into his own identity. And here's the thing, Kyle, like at that time, I mean, it's amazing how times have changed because it wasn't talked about like it is now, yeah. you know, it's not it. I mean, that was what only, six I don't know, years six ago. years ago, yeah. right? And like, it is so different now than it was even six years ago. Like, and granted, I wasn't the most educated person on the topic, mm. um, but like, I didn't even know that there was a term non-binary. Like, yeah. that was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, that yeah, wasn't yeah. something that I even knew of, you <laughs> right, know? Right. And, you know, and so um, anyway, so, okay, so he really, you know, started coming into his own and then he actually started medically transitioning. Um, and it was interesting because I, I had never thought about my gender identity until him, until he started going through his process. And what the first thing that I remember is he was showing me, I think he was, okay. So he, he found like all of these um, kind of like trans groups and people mm -hmm. on Instagram mm -hmm. and so when he yeah so he would he would start showing me these pictures of people he was following and kind of learning about in different groups and i one started like um like realizing huh like i am feeling something about myself here mm. and like that i could really relate to some of it to some of the people and i started just honestly kind of feeling jealous like why why can't i do that like why can't I maybe do what Andrew's doing, right? But here's the difference is right at the same time, we were thinking of trying to start a family. Um, uh, and so- Now, Benny, you know, before we, you I, get to that, I, I'm sure there's going to be a listeners have a you know huge question here. You're into women. That was your preference. Yes. Um, your partner changes or transitions from a- a woman to man so now you're not yes. dating a woman any longer can you talk about that dynamic really quick for us mm -hmm. i know you love yeah. the person but i'm trying to put myself in your shoes <laughs> i woke up and my wife decided she wanted to transition to a man but i'm into women you could touch on that for us it's really hard um yeah. it's hard and it's not it it's interesting. It didn't change my sexual orientation just because he was transitioning, right? Okay. Like it wasn't like, oh, okay, now I'm attracted to men. That never, that wasn't what it was for me because it was interesting. A lot of people said that to me, you know, like, oh, so now you're straight. Oh. And I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, absolutely not. I'm still attracted to women, but I am attracted to Andrew. And maybe it's that, you know, I think, I do think that as I've, come come into my own um i might not that my sexual orientation has changed but i do think i'm more open to and like i you know i i am attracted to people who are maybe more on the non-binary 
um, side. But at the time, I think it did challenge me and to think like, okay, like, what is this for me? And I did feel a pull to have to change my sexual orientation or the label, but I really felt strongly that no, like I'm still attracted to women. I still consider myself gay. And I, I, I love Andrew because I love Andrew. Right. Like this is the person that I married and is their gender different? Yes. And like, is that valid? And do I see them? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, and, and I remember too, you know, there were talks between us of, um, you know, what does this mean for our kind of our place in the community? Because once he started transitioning, especially medically, like we were seen as a heterosexual couple. Yeah. Um, you know, and yet, like, we did not feel that. <laughs> like, we didn't feel like we were a heterosexual couple, but that's how we were seen in public. And it was really, it was interesting. Um, and anyway, so I think, I don't know if I've answered your question, but like, like I think for me, yes, it, it was very much that I was still in love with the person. And I wasn't as, it, it didn't matter to me his, his gender. What mattered to me was who he was. Roger that. Gotcha. Thanks for letting um, me sidetrack you. I know you're about to get into you guys starting, or I'm sorry, you all starting a family. Okay. So I was starting to feel these feelings and having these thoughts and I, and I did share them with him. Um, I didn't share them with anyone else. And I do remember I kind of, I think I did actually at the time, even I started dressing a little bit more masculine because that started feeling better. Um, and he was like, heck yeah, like, <laughs> if this is how you're feeling, like, let's, let's do that. And, you know, I, but we really, it was really important to me, Kyle, that I get pregnant. Like, that was something that I really wanted to do. Um, oh, wow. And so, I know. And so, you know, people I, think like, of that even, as one of the most feminine acts that you can do is get pregnant. You know I, I mean? know. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> I know. And it's really, you know, it's interesting because I... I'm having these thoughts and these feelings, right? Of like, oh, is this me in some regard? Mm -hmm. And yet, like, I want to get pregnant. So we did it. Um, mm -hmm. I got pregnant. And um, yeah, and you know, I went through the whole pregnancy, I gave birth. And it was interesting. I feel like I kind of, I must have mentally, my, my, my brain must have kind of shut off that those feelings and thoughts because I never thought about those when I was pregnant wow. or when I was you know giving birth and breastfeeding and all of that like it never it never came back and I I loved being pregnant I loved giving birth I loved breastfeeding like and I never experienced any dysphoria of any kind our, our daughter I think must have been I think she was about maybe six or seven months when the, the previous feelings and thoughts started rushing back. Um, but until that time, like I never thought about it and I never was like, Ooh, being pregnant was hard. Um, and so, but I think it was confusing a little bit when they did, when the feelings and thoughts started rushing back because, because of, of what you said all of that is one of the most feminine things you can do and and it was confusing because i had just done, did one of the most feminine things you can do 
and yet and loved it and yet here i am thinking oh wait what's my gender identity <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> yeah and so it was really it was really it was a very confusing time for me and it was a really painful time um for me kind of coming into and like really accepting and 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 acknowledging you know what like there there is something going on here and i don't think I can ignore it anymore. But I had this deep fear and kind of sadness and pain thinking if I were to transit, if I were to start transitioning or identify in a different way, aside from, you know, being a woman, I was in some way taking away our daughter's mom. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and, and I was so stuck on that like deep-seated core belief that I was like, she would grow up, she would turn 18. I don't know, I'm stuck on this weird 18 mark. And she would realize that in her upbringing, you know, in her time that I had transitioned and right, like I took something away from her and I impacted her negatively. And that held me back for a long time. I mean, it took me, Oh gosh, I would say it took me a year or longer to finally acknowledge and accept like, okay, this is who I am. Another thing. So there was, there was the part with our child. Another thing that really was confusing for me was that while I very much identified with Andrew and he identified and identifies as a trans man, Mm. um, as far as I know, I guess I need to ask him. I'm pretty sure that's how he still identifies. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, at least, he was identifying identifying as a trans man. I that that label that identity didn't fit for me. I I didn't want, and it's confusing because I have medically started transitioning. It was very uncomfortable for me to imagine, say, using he/him pronouns. That did not feel affirming. And this this idea, and I don't know if you've heard of this, but that like, I didn't want to pass as a man. So I didn't want to, you know, go through some aspects or all of a medical transition and everyone would see me, you know, fully as a man. Like that also did not feel good. But yet, but yet, like I'm really attracted to Zeke's and in regards to how I want to look. And so I really struggled with, like, I would stay up all night just thinking, like, what, what am I? Like, who am I if I identify with kind of the, the more mask, like the more masculine side of transitioning? Um, and so I finally came to realize, like, oh, wait, I, I could be non-binary. Like, I can, mm. I can kind of be kind of in this in-between and I don't have to fully identify as transmasculine, transman, and I can, and that's okay, you know, and mm. I can use gender neutral pronouns. Um, and so that's kind of when I realized, okay, like this feels good. Like I feel like it gives me room and space to more figure out like who I am. And there was, there was something about being like labeling myself as a trans man or trans masculine solely that felt very it felt like putting myself in a box um and that that was freeing for me when i realized okay 
Like I can, I can identify within this label, within this term that for me makes it feel like I have more freedom to be myself. Um, and here's, here's a story that really kind of, I, I don't know, I always go back to this, but um, it was like the last straw on a camel's back for me to decide like, yep, I, this is what I need. Mm -hmm. So Andrew and I were on an airplane. So it was Andrew in the aisle, I was in the middle and there was this guy um, next to me and I thought he was asleep. And so Andrew and I, and it was a young guy, like probably my RAs, like probably, you know, early, he was probably early thirties, let's say. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, okay. So Andrew and I were talking about my identity and I was really like struggling with it and, and saying, you know what, like, I don't, I think I could live my whole life not doing this. I think I'm okay. And, but I feel really sad. And he was like, I don't think you are okay. And I, I think that if you're feeling these, you know, we, so we're like going back and forth and we're, we're whispering, right. Cause it's a thing. Yeah. And this guy, <laughs> this guy who I think is asleep sits up like really suddenly and is, and, it, and like looks at me and, and, and is like, you know what? I don't know who you are. I don't know you. And, but I've been listening to this conversation and I'm just going to say, like, if you need to do something to make yourself feel more like you, just do it. And then he went back. Damn, to you can't beat that <laughs> I advice. Like, oh, I know. I was like, oh, oh my God. Man. I mean, I was, like, mortified. Word. But at the same time, I was like, wait, if some random stranger is going to be so honest with me yes. and tell me that yes. I just need to be myself. Like that has got to be a sign. Word. Like, Word. And I have, <laughs> I have <sighs> never forgotten that. And whoever that guy is, I would, I would love to meet him because he, little did he know, I think he really changed kind of the course of my life. So, wow. so yeah, anyway, I think it's, you know, and it's interesting how, little moments like that in the moment they might not seem like a big deal but really I think looking back there was something about him that was he was just so like now nah, do it like <laughs> do what you need to do you're unhappy you know yeah. and so yeah I would I would love to thank him so uh Ben I really appreciate you kind of sharing that journey um that was that was like so eye-opening and so honest um so these next few questions would be kind of more of a quick hitters um so I, i'll start off with this i know that it's not really i guess proper or correct to ask people their pronouns but we've kind of discussed this already so just for the audience your pronoun is they and them um can you explain yep. the importance of using the correct pronoun when addressing a non-binary person yeah in a way i kind of want to want to ask you like what is the importance for you going about your daily life wow that's a that's a great question um i guess i've never thought about it um you know i've never been addressed as she unless you know i guess it's a bad joke or something um but i guess if someone would consider like over time just always called me she 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 when i know i identified as he i can see how that could probably take a toll on someone mentally and you would just think it's just you know just out of hate and out of disrespect but I guess if I, in the eyes of the public, if I look like a woman, kind of came off as a woman, could I realistically be mad or upset if someone's calling me she? 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I think, you know, you kind of touched on, it would make you feel uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. Like it would not, it would not feel affirming and like you were being right. If if someone was using the wrong pronoun. So I think, you know, thinking about it, I am no different than you, Kyle, like Mm -hmm. my, in in that regard, right? Like, like, it's just, it's like a basic way of showing respect for someone. Like you don't want to use the wrong pronouns, someone who's a gender in your life. So it, it should be the same level of respect for someone who, you know, identifies um, within the trans spectrum, right? The truth is you're not actually going to know someone's pronouns just by looking at them mm-hmm. because I think there's this like idea that you can like figure out, you can like spot people who are trans, but you can't. And, um, and so I think it is actually, it's very important that we use the correct pronouns and that we don't just assume someone's pronouns just by looking at them. I think you can go about kind of figuring out, identifying, asking people's pronouns in different ways. Like a lot of places will put, you know, like everyone will have their pronouns in their Zoom links or everyone will have their pronouns in their work email signature. So I think there is a big kind of push to make even the idea and the topic of asking people's pronouns much more open, right? Um, You can ask them directly. You know, you can say, hey, um, I'm Kyle. My pronouns are he, him. What are your pronouns? Um, Or... You know, you can do it simply like that, or you can, you can always just use gender neutral pronouns until you know otherwise. Like, like you can use gender neutral they them pronouns for someone, and it's not offensive. I also, say, I would I would encourage and and kind of asking someone's pronouns if you're not willing to share yours, um, uh... just because if you just say hey what are your pronouns and you don't you don't kind of open the door to make it feel like it's an affirming space the individual who you're asking they might not they might feel kind of weary to answer that because they're not quite sure like oh are you gonna hurt them if they tell you the truth or so it's just yeah so I think it's just like if you take on that step of hey I'm Kyle these are my pronouns it just automatically kind of sets the tone of, okay, Kyle one, Kyle's kind of aware of what's going on. And Kyle is, Kyle is affirming and wants this to be a safe place. So, okay, I'm going to share what my pronouns are. Oh man, I really appreciate that. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. You know, it's, it's little things like that, that you can start incorporating that really can change environments. And it, it doesn't have to be these like, huge monumental steps like something like that is so affirming i love it when i look at someone's signature on their email and then i see that they have their pronouns listed because it automatically lets me know that they are aware of this topic you know and it it like makes me feel a little bit more safe with them like okay like they're they're not gonna probably think much of it if they know what my pronouns are they're gonna think okay great Right, right. So, um, Denny, I've asked you to be transparent with me. So it's only that I'd be transparent with you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. 
I verbally expressed opinions on two hot button topics that directly affect uh, non-binary and trans people. So the first is on the use of public bathrooms. Um, I initially did not care to begin with, <clears throat> excuse me, but now that I'm a parent to a baby girl, I do fear that someone could either A, use this to their advantage to do harm, or B, um, she gets exposed to, to a topic that I guess I'm not ready to educate her on yet. Um, and that could be, you know, due to her age. You know, also the second is within athletics. Um, both my co-hosts and I, uh, we've been playing sports from little tykes through college and um, integrity and fair competition is what we've come to expect in any of our sports. Um, I haven't actually come around to the thinking that it's fair that someone born a male can compete fairly against someone born a female. And that just comes from a biology standpoint that's proven that males are born with uh, certain physical advantages that most females are not. Um, what are your thoughts or rebuttals to those two points that I'm throwing out there? <laughs> yeah, these are definitely hot, hot topic buttons. Um, I think let's start with the bathroom. Okay. I think, okay, so so let's start there. Because um, you're right. I mean, this this topic has brought up a lot of controversy. Um, and I think a lot of discrimination against, yeah. I mean, both have. They brought up a lot of discrimination against people who identify as trans in some way. Um, and, you know, I think kind of hearing you bring it up with your daughter, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Again, I think I'm going to ask you, honestly, like, mm -hmm. what, what is your fear when you think about this and being in a bathroom with your daughter? Like, what are you thinking of that's making you wary? Yeah. So my daughter, she goes to the bathroom. Um, there's someone that resembles a male that also goes into this restroom. My daughter is going to have some questions at an age, just say she's five or six, that I don't think she's mature enough to handle yet. It's not a conversation that I'm ready for, but now my hand is forced at it. Or two, there could just be some weirdos that are taking advantage of the opportunity to, to do harm. A little shallow, but mm -hmm. that's kind of what I'm hinting at. <laughs> it's no, I mean, it's not, it's not shallow. Mm -hmm. I think it's because any, any feeling that you're having is real. Mm -hmm. So one is, you might not know that this person is trans because mm -hmm. they might be passing as a man. So, mm -hmm. so my question for you is like, how are you knowing that they are? Um, and well, I guess I'm giving, and, the, and I guess, I guess I'm giving the example from the eyes of a, a young kid or six year old. They don't quite, they, they just see, you know, man or woman, someone that looks like a man, someone that looks like a woman. So we might so not are you saying, are know you they're trans. But if my daughter comes and say, hey, right. daddy, why does this man use the same bathroom as me? You have a daughter, too, so I'm, you know, you can kind of put yourself in the same boat that I, I'm in with this one. Yeah, we're all very different parenting. Mm -hmm. I have thought that it's important to, in some way, start educating her on it. Okay. Um, because I want her to grow up, to not even have to, like, learn about it, to just know that, like, this is part of life and everyone can identify differently and that's okay. Right. Um, and so I think, and of course I'm 
it's important that I do it like in a very in in a way that's very age appropriate. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've you know like we kind of we'll we'll like throw out you know if we're gonna say go to dinner with one of my friends identifies a certain way or uses um, gender neutral pronouns, I'll sell her. I'm like, okay, we're going to see so-and-so and remember they use these pronouns. And she's like, okay, great. And she uses their yeah. pronouns. Um, and and it, it's, it's, it's as simple as that because I think, you know, if, if we really want to raise our kids in a very authentic and truthful way, why do we have to steer away from those conversations? And, and that's a great point. I just think that, one, there's some parents who don't feel educated enough to teach their children about it, but I guess that falls on their shoulders to go seek out the proper information. And two, I think there's just some parents who are afraid to that they're maybe growing their kid up too fast with certain topics. So anytime you get into mm-hmm. gender topics or sexual topics with kids, it gets, you know, a little hairy, I would assume. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I think, okay, and then, you know, the other kind of this feeling of hesitancy and, and like weariness, right? Mm-hmm. I think I would, there is this idea that what, like a, a trans, it's usually around trans women, kind of in actually both topics that yeah, you're bringing up. That's a great point. Um, these hot topics, right? That mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's generally, this discrimination is more against trans women or trans um, feminine individuals. And there's this idea that, right, like we're just going to hypothetically say a trans woman goes into a women's bathroom because that is the bathroom of their gender. And right, they are going to sexually assault a woman. But here's the thing, like one, how many times have you actually heard of that happening? Mm -hmm. I'm just going to ask you that. No, that's a great point. I just don't want anyone I care about to be the first, you know. But okay, but but it's also, but you've never heard of it. So um, I guess also you've never actually heard of it happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to challenge you mm-hmm. to just kind of do some deeper digging in yourself because mm-hmm. in a way, if you are having that hesitancy and that weariness, as valid as that is, there's a part of you that is making the assumption that trans, that individuals who are trans are predators of some kind, mm-hmm. or they're mentally ill, or they're, they're going into a bathroom to seek out someone and harm them. And what if the focus also could be, though, because I'm going to give you some personal experience here. Like mm. what if the focus could also be how uncomfortable it is for someone who is trans to have to go into a bathroom every single day yeah. because I feel it. And all of my friends for the most part who don't say quote unquote pass feel so uncomfortable having to go to the bathroom every single day. And I'm going to tell you, that we go in and out of that bathroom as fast as we can, mm-hmm. because it is, it is likely more uncomfortable for us than it is for other individuals who are in that bathroom. And, and I, can, I can understand I think, that. Yeah. But, but again, I think this idea, you know, that, that individuals who are trans are there to harm other people, you know, they go, they go into a bathroom to seek out harm. And, yeah, and I guess I, I, and not to cut you off, I guess I'll push back a little bit. It wasn't that I was saying that trans people are seeking out those opportunities. I was saying that there could be people that take advantage of opportunities like that to seek harm. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't right. that. And I think, 
Yeah, it wasn't yeah, that feeling yeah, yeah, that yeah. No. Yeah, transgens are, you know, doing harm. I'm sure they just need to, you know, pee like the rest of us, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think, but I think, like, whether you were naming it or not, I mm-hmm. think you, and, and I think that, that because this, this topic comes, I think, the root of it is that, mm-hmm. and, and it's that individuals, and, and I think for both of these hot button topics that you brought up, mm-hmm. At least for me personally, when I think of these two hot topic buttons, Mm -hmm. what comes up for me is that we fear so much things that are different than us. We fear people that are different than us. Mm -hmm. We fear everything in this world that we don't understand, that we don't know about personally. We fear it so much that for us, that it it can easily turn to hate. It can easily turn Mm -hmm. to, I don't want anything to do with that. Mm -hmm. So get away as far away from me as possible because, you know, there's something wrong or they're going to cause harm or whatever. And so I think, you know, maybe, and and not to like put you on the spot, Kyle, but Mm -hmm. this idea of, you know, I'm not ready to have that conversation Mm -hmm. with my daughter. Like, maybe look at that. Mm -hmm. Like, what is it? that you are afraid of to talk to her about and not that you have to answer it right now, but maybe, yeah. and, and again, you don't need to come at a very adult way with her because she's six, mm-hmm. but like, why aren't you ready? Like, and maybe she can handle it. Yeah. You know, like maybe it's that you start reading a book with her. That's very age appropriate. And I don't know. I am not trying to no, like, change the way that you parent. No, that's a um, fair point. But I think, you know, and, and I think with the, the, the athletics as well, like I, I, it, to me, it feels like more of the adult problem than it is even with the kids, you know, okay. like, and, and not that. And, and I think you know, like, again, with this bathroom, like you're feeling the fear, mm-hmm. you're feeling the hesitancy and that's so valid, but, but like maybe she doesn't actually feel that or see anything, you know, someone in a bathroom or maybe it's okay that you say like oh yeah like that person i don't know they're they present this way and just Mm -hmm. move on with your day um Mm -hmm. i think that sometimes again kind of with this deep-seated fear that we have with people that are different than us we make it we make it such a bigger kind of item or issue in our life than it even needs to be Mm -hmm. um so I don't know. I don't know if that answered yeah. your question about the bathroom. Oh, that's that's solid. Um, and yeah, so second hot topic button, <sighs> athletics. You know, there's been a lot around this and like a lot mm. of legislation and bills that have been passed recently that are really discriminatory against individuals and especially youth, you know, who are trans. Mm. Um, and there is a myth, right, that that individuals who I guess on both sides, right. Um, who are trans, who are playing on the team that is aligned with their gender identity that, right. They have an unfair advantage. Um, I think it also though, it, it goes along with the stereotype that automatically biologically like men or boys are better at a sport than say women, than like, you know, females assigned at birth and that's not always true like it's not it's not it's Mm -hmm. not like there are a ton of of females assigned at birth who are way better at sports than Mm -hmm. men 
or that, you know, then um, men assign at birth. So again, it's, that's one thing, right? There's like this automatic met that, oh, okay, well, it gives an unfair advantage. And that's just not always true. Like you said, it's true. Not all guys are better, but there are some. And I know like in Connecticut, there was a state track meet where two young people that transitioned from male to female, they competed against girls at a state championship and there was no competition. I mean, to see that there was a clear advantage. As a parent to one of those young girls that were running that race, I could understand why they would feel like, hey, this isn't fair. They didn't have a chance from the beginning. I don't know the answer. I just guess I wonder what your thoughts were. There's this idea that they're like trans athletes have this unfair advantage against their cisgender teammates. It's just not true. Like Mm -hmm. everyone is so different in regards to how good they are at sports. And just because you're trans does not mean that you are going to be better at sports. Like maybe the people that they ran against at that track meet just weren't as good. Like, how do we know? That could be fair. You know, like maybe they just sucked at running. We don't know. Like, I mean, and and I think, but it's easy to go to, oh, well, they were trained. It is. It is, Benny. And I tell you what, no matter if these young ladies compete for the rest of their lives in events, that reasoning will always be pointed at. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. why they And I think I would, yeah. And I think it just, it it goes this on discrimination in in big buttons it just goes on and on and on and maybe you know also thinking about the discrimination that those two athletes face off of the track like that can't help their their performance right every day they have to face this hate and this you know oh well you're only good because you're trans Oh, oh 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 and and that's actually a disadvantage that maybe their cisgender counterparts don't have um I'm trans and I am on testosterone and I cannot run as fast yeah. as a lot of people. Yeah, like it, it's not like it's some like superpower that I'm in the same boat with you, Benny. <laughs> but like right? Like 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 you're 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 born male at you know, you were born um, um you were assigned male at birth and like you're automatically like you're telling me right now you are not as fast people, right? But like but I think it's just this inherent like I don't understand people who are trans, so I am going to guess that they won because they're trans. Maybe they won because they worked really, really hard, and they're really good at what they do. Like, why can't it be that? Gotcha. Had another question for you. Uh, what are some other inconveniences? I know you kind of hinted at, you know, the bathroom, um, the pronoun issues. What are some other inconveniences that you have to deal with on a normal basis that most people wouldn't even recognize? I think maybe the most inconveniences that come up are maybe like in, you know, the work setting. Um, I would say my current, so I, I work for the school of medicine. I'm a therapist for them. Um, And I would say like that environment is very affirming and they very much recognize diversity at least in my, you know, in my experience with them so far. And they're, you know, they're, they put their pronouns everywhere and they, you know, encourage people talking about different gender identities. Um, But I think the most inconvenience would be anytime you do though, go, at least for me, anytime I do go kind of in a new professional setting, this is a newer job for myself. You do, you kind of have to go through that 
that awkward stage, right? Where people are misgendering you daily in this work setting. Um, they didn't know my previous name. So there weren't people like using the wrong name. Um, it can be called, I don't know if you've heard this term, red naming. Oh, okay. um, if someone in, in your life in whatever way is transitioning in some way and they're using a chosen name. So it's important to use the correct name. Um, it can be very triggering for individuals if you don't respect that. But I would say that, you know, like I, I worked at the VA hospital before this current job and I actually came out as non-binary um, at my previous job. So there was, you know, it, it's just this like having to kind of go through people getting used to using your chosen name, using your pronouns. Um, so I think it's just there's there's definitely an added, a huge added discomfort in any new situation of are people gonna respect me and use my pronouns and use my name um or is it that i'm gonna need to put in a ton of energy to make sure that that happens and make sure that i'm respected on such a basic level and a lot a lot of individuals do not work in in work settings that are affirming and it can be very very harmful um you know, having to work and spend so much time around people in, in an environment that refuse to see you um, and accept you. So I think that can be a, you know, a big um, thing to go through. For sure, for sure. The last question I have for you, Benny, what are some ways that we can be allies to non-binary or trans people? I think one, like doing exactly what you're doing, Kyle, like learning firsthand from someone in your life about what it means, what the experience is, because I am going to guess that, well, no, I know, like, I think again, kind of going back to this, we fear things that we do not know. Mm -hmm. I truly believe that for any difference um, if we take the time to learn about it more and to make it more personal, like, you know me, right? Like, yeah. you now know, okay, like, there's Benny in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And I have all I have some stuff, you know, like that, wow, like, I maybe don't know about or that caused me fear and that caused me to be wary. Like, now that I know Benny, like, maybe that will give you, Kyle, like more motivation to learn more and to think, okay, like, what do I need to do to be even more accepting and knowledgeable about this? So I think being an ally, it's really important to, you know, seek out information um, and make it more personal. Um, I would also say really like being aware of pronouns, um, you know, and what, like in all, I would, you know, maybe start like in a, kind of like going into all of your environments in your life, like kind of with the assumption that there is someone in that environment who is trans, whether you know it or not, and trying to make every space a, a safe space. So, you know, bringing up pronouns. Um, and I think that's important. I think another thing is um, if you hear people in your life, you know, talking negatively about people who are trans um, whether there's someone trans in the room or not, being willing to stick up for the community or for a specific person and saying, hey, you know, that's not okay. Like, we need to talk about them in this way. Um, 
I think, yeah, just like being enough, being like comfortable enough in yourself with it, that you can make some kind of positive impact um, in some way. Man, that's awesome. Denny, I really appreciate appreciate you coming on to educate us. I, I know this isn't easy, um, but you know, if we want to move forward as a society, I, we have to have open and honest conversations like this. Um, and, you know, without judgment, um, I always say that yeah. we must educate and not embarrass when someone is ignorant to a subject who wants to genuinely learn about it, you know, from, coming from a well-meaning place. So I can't thank you enough again uh, for, you know, carving out mm-hmm. some time in your day um, and, you know, you're on vacation and doing this. So I can't thank you enough. <laughs> this has been tremendous. Mm, yeah, no, it's thank been so truly much. my honor, Kyle. Yeah, thank you awesome. so, so much for having me. Yeah, this has been eye-opening. So, um, you know, I won't steal all your day. I know you got some places to hike and people to see and food to eat. So <laughs> <laughs> please enjoy the rest of your vacation. And I thank will. you so much, Benny. We'll be in touch because yeah. you're a friend. You're definitely a friend. Okay. Well, do you take care, Benny? Stay safe. And uh, thanks again. Okay. Thanks so All much, right. Kyle. See you. Bye. So, man, that was uh, what an interview, man. Yeah. yeah we learned a lot. Yeah, so, man. Appreciate Benny again. So, um, let's get into these shout outs, man, and get up out of here. What you got for me this week? And um, it's the first week of football, man. So, we. Shout out them Florida Gators, man. Chomp, it's chomp. It's great to be a Gator, man. <laughs> <laughs> it is great to be a Gator. I, I'm so happy and excited to put on the, the 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 orange and blue. I mean, I do it year round, but you know, mm-hmm. when it's football season, you, you know, you do it every weekend. So, yeah. uh, so you know, sh- shout out my my Gators. Shout out my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. Uh, we look strong again this year. Tom, let's go ahead and bring another one home. Uh, shout out to uh, you know on a serious note everybody affected by uh, Hurricane mm-hmm. man we definitely praying for you and mm-hmm. you, know, you know we definitely want to make sure you know hopefully this stuff just passes over and everything is back to normal so mm-hmm. um, and then last but not least you know I'm going to shout out to you know mom dudes uh, mm-hmm. Simone you know uh, Zachariah Zariah love y'all appreciate y'all and shout out um Shout out to listeners, man. And shout out you, G, man. Actually, you know, shout out my boy, man. I appreciate you no. out last week, man. For real, for real. I got you, brother. I appreciate, no. appreciate it. Well, I got the Grammy list this week, man. Uh-oh. All right. Let me sit back. Let me, let me hear you. What you got? Well, I got a list of shout outs for you this week. First, man, shout out to Benny for pulling up and allowing us to learn and get better at life. There we go. Uh, I like that. Shout out to the Harlem Hellfighters. Uh, they were an infantry unit made up of black soldiers. Uh, was one of the most decorated regiments during World War I. Uh, now more than 100 years after the regiment's surviving members came home to a country that largely uh, ignored their contributions to the war effort, these gentlemen will receive a Congressional Gold Medal. So congratulations and a big salute to those gentlemen. Salute. Um, all right. Rest in peace, Greg Leakes. Um, shout out to... A friend of the show, family of the show, Esquire David and his lady, Esquire Trey. Uh, they sent a gift basket to VD and I for surviving our first year of parenthood. <laughs> Love you guys. Oh, and uh, I got to shout out 
our brethren, man, Fuego and P. Uh, those guys were a big inspiration behind this podcast. I appreciate their message. Yeah, I appreciate their message of encouragement the other day to keep going. Much love, fellas. Hey, we love y'all, man. Hey, let me definitely say, man, I appreciate y'all. And it's the uh, podcast, man. If y'all ever get a chance to listen to it, man, it is it's awesome. It's amazing. So y'all check that out. Word, yeah, man. Uh, he kind of broke up there, so yeah, say word, pop. And uh, definitely can't forget about my my main man, the homie, Money Matt. Uh, my dog, stay giving us a listen. Appreciate that support, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, yeah, Matt did uh, send a text to me, man. He actually made my day. We have expressed how happy he was about the show, man, and he looked forward to every episode. So, oh, my man, I love it. Yes, sir. Well, man, so our sign off message this week, man, is um, from the legend Tupac Shakur on uh, just being an authentic you. I think that's the kind of moral and the, the story of this podcast this week. So, y'all have a good week. Be safe and stay dangerous out there. You hear me? Yes, sir. Pete. I can't explain why I shine and no one else shines. I think everybody shines in different things. And a lot of things I can't do. I can't play basketball like every other black person in America. But I can act. I I know how to go to that true spot in myself because I'm there every day. I can be me. I can be whoever because I'm true to me. I can go to neutral easily. A lot of people, black, white, Mexican, young or old, fat or skinny, have a problem being true to themselves. They have a problem looking in the mirror and looking directly into their own souls. The reason I sell six million records, the reason I could go to jail and come out without a scratch, the reason I could walk around, the reason I am who I am today is because I can look directly into my face and find my soul. It's there. It's not sold. I didn't sell it. It's still within me. I still feel it. My heart is still connected to my body. So I, I could, any character I'm going to bring that intensity, that truth, and that honesty to it because I have to repay for, for that blessing from black Jesus, from God. I have to pay for that by shining. If he give you the voltage and you waste it, that's the curse. He gave me the voltage, I'm a shine. It's not mine, it's from God, it's God. Not that it's so special that nobody got it, but all of our gifts and blessings and, and our strengths and our weaknesses come from God. Thank you, thank you. It has been another episode of Washed Up Boys. It's your boy C. Rose. It's your boy KG. And we appreciate you tuning in. Make sure you follow, like, subscribe, tell your mama, tell your brother, tell your cousin, tell your... Gee, I ain't forgetting nobody, right? You all good, my brother. Alright, man. So tune in next week. We're gonna have another crazy episode. And we are out. Peace!